Blog Talk Radio. professional wrestling veteran. I've spent all my time up here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, if you want to check me out, you can check out NSA Wrestling on Facebook. You can check out uh, uh, 49 State Wrestling, uh, 907 Wrestling. You can check out WrestlePro Alaska. You can check me out on all those. I'm also Ebenezer Mags on uh, Facebook. I know that's kind of weird, but it's a long story. Thanks for having me, guys. How are you doing today? Doing great. Here we got our visitor from the 801 area code, would you introduce yourself? Oh, this is uh, Dale Springs. Um, actually from Louisiana. There's a weird uh, story with my phone number, but uh, it's me, Dale Springs, the golf father of professional wrestling. I've uh, been doing this for three years. Uh, golf actually came to my uh, real life during COVID, so I've uh, only been doing it for probably about two years now. Um, and other than that, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Dale Springs Pro. You can look me up on Facebook at Dale Springs. Uh, I'm on Pro Wrestling Tees and What of Maneuver, if you just search up my name. And other than that, uh, let's all stay under par. How are y'all doing? Doing, doing great, thanks. Well, Coach, you also, besides filling in for QT, you were booked here as a guest as well. Can you give us your golf background? Well, um, I've been in a few tournaments. Uh, I've been in a a couple of uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame DJ Pat O'Day's celebrity tournaments, which he's had numerous uh, Northwest and uh, worldwide celebrities in there. And uh, my claim to fame is we never took last place. <laughs> the One of the times, though, I brought some really good golfers and we took fourth place. But it's always fun. A lot of people may not realize golf 
has a long storied history with wrestling. There's been a lot of wrestlers over the years that played golf while on the road. They would golf while they were out as something to do in the downtime where they were on the road. People like Walter McDaniel played a lot of tournaments. Uh, a lot of wrestlers like Coach would play celebrity tournaments. Lex Luger famously was at a tournament. They took the photo of he and Michael Jordan at the golf tournament for a cover of WWF Magazine way back when. Barry Darso was holding one. Barry Darso used golf as his persona. So there's a long story history between the two. Timmy Hulkey, when you look back at pro wrestling as it relates to golf, what would you say is the one thing that is the biggest connection between the two for you? Um, as far as golf and professional wrestling goes, I think it's, uh, it's a largely mental game. You have to have a lot going on upstairs. You have to, have, uh, you have to be thinking steps ahead. Uh, you have to be thinking about what you're going to be doing not only right now, but you have to be thinking about what you're doing uh, a few shots from now. You know, and it's the same thing for professional wrestling. You're, you're doing the same thing. You're running spots. You know, you, you know that here in a few minutes we're going to be going over here. So you have to strategize. You know, you have to be in the right spot. You have to uh, position yourself correctly. It's the same thing with golf. You want to hit yourself to the best possible spot so that you have a good look at the flag. Uh, same thing. You, you don't want to be on a bad lie. You don't want to be in the bunker. You don't want to be in the hazard. You want to be, you know, where you're, you're wanting to go. Um, you want to have the right equipment. You want to have, you know, everything squared away. And uh, it's another thing where in professional wrestling, you only really get one shot at it. You can't really, uh, unless you're shooting for television, you can't really cut and, uh, and reshoot a spot. You can't, you know, go back and do over anything. And in golf, unless you're playing with your buddies, there's no real mulligans. You know, you have one shot at it. And then, uh, you know, some guys will play two balls if it's uh, slow out or whatnot, but oftentimes you only get one real try at it. And uh, I like that. I like the uh, the risk of, you know, you have to do it right the first time. I, I, you know, that's part of the, uh, the, the joy of golfing for me. Bill Springs, what about you? What, in your mind, is the biggest connection between the two worlds, golf and pro wrestling? say golf and pro wrestling um you you got to entertain the fans um you know golf a lot of people like to say it's it's boring when they watch it and um the same goes with wrestling but if you really sit there as a fan and watch golf and watch these guys having a great time and even if you go like on youtube and watch highlights of these of these shots man like not a normal person can go make a, a 150 yard shot into the hole on a random day. Like it's it's yeah. stuff like that that it's very entertaining in golf. And then with wrestling, like you just got to know your crowd. You got to know uh, what works and what doesn't work uh, to entertain those fans. So then they go home saying, "Wow, I really enjoyed uh, such and such because uh, their their match was great." So it's it's that connection there is entertaining the fans is something really big between the two. Coach, what about you? What do you think is the biggest connection between the two? Well, um, 
I've always been over competitive, I've been told. And, uh, you know, never like to lose. And I know wrestling isn't about winning or losing, but at least to the fans, it, it is to the fans. But as a, being a wrestler and in the business, it's not about wins or losses. But to the fans, it does matter. And then uh, just like myself in uh, the couple of the times I've been in tournaments, a couple company tournaments I've been in, of course, I always try to be above average in everything I do, uh, but I can honestly say I'm not really above average in in golf because I haven't been able to spend enough time to be at even average. But I can hold my own. Uh, where uh, on the two company tournaments I played in, they had the toilet bowl for the last person, and I was like, there's no way I'm making last place. I took next to last each time. I was like, that meant a lot to me not to be the worst. And then uh, in the celebrity tournaments, the one time I took ninth, my team took ninth, and the other time my team took fourth. But the cool thing about the tournaments with uh, teams were, uh, ironically, I was clutch both times where – it was amazing. It seemed like it happened every time where if the uh, uh, I would always do good when the other three people did bad. So I, I, so I felt I'd pulled my weight and did my part, and that made me feel good that I was clutch when I needed to be. Now, Sean Kemp, who was supposed to be on, that had other commitments that took priority today, uh, he – became an avid golfer a couple of years ago, and he combined the two in a web show, uh, Mutts and Putts, which featured Sean interviewing different wrestlers as they golfed. I thought it was a brilliant show. He hasn't done a lot of episodes, but there are a few out there. Uh, Dale, have you seen Sean's show? Ah. Uh. No, I haven't seen the show. Well, I would, next time you see Sean, ask to be on it. I, I think it was a good idea. Timmy or Coach, have either of you seen it? No, I I'm haven't. Not, it sounds really, sounds really entertaining. I was entertained by it. And what's the name again? Mutts and Putts. Okay, and that's Sean Kemp's show. Yes, Sean was actually the Midwest Mutt, hence the name. Cool. Now, I have not, as of yet, seen a show for wrestling held at a golf course, but it would not shock me if somebody had tried to put her in pretty much any place run a show, as we all know. Dale, have you ever seen or heard of a wrestling event at a golf course or maybe a clubhouse? Uh, no, but recently, though, um, I was in the Young Lions Cup in California, and uh, surprisingly, right next door to us was a golf course, and uh, someone pointed that out to me because I didn't notice it when, when I got to the building. Uh, 
it was like right before the doors opened. Uh, they were like, hey, you know there's a golf course right by, huh? I was like, what? Uh, and so, no, I, other than that, no, I haven't really heard of anyone doing a show on a course, which they need to. I feel like that you would draw a lot of uh, big money over there. Could you guys imagine the sound of a ring bumping from a golf course? That would be, it would sound like an explosion. <laughs> yeah. It would carry forever. Absolutely. People yeah. would be slapping on the figure four all the show. <laughs> so, Jimmy, I know your situation a little bit different up in Alaska because of weather and so forth, but... Has any of the promotions up there ever, like, tried to run, like, at the clubhouse or anything like that at a golf course? No. So, and, you know, the golfing season up here sucks, man. We get about May till about October 10th. So we don't even get a full six months in. And uh, we we get in while we can. I think we were going to have a show scheduled at the clubhouse around um, a spot in Anchorage. We have a golf course called O'Malley, and it's, uh, it's a pretty big golf course uh, in Anchorage. And they, uh, I think they were going to have a, gol- uh, a show there, and then the venue fell through. I think something had to be rescheduled. This was right around when COVID was happening, so a lot of things were getting shuffled around. But I think it was close. I don't think it happened, but I think it got close. But that's the closest thing I've ever heard of. Coach, what about you? You've been to a lot of shows in a lot of unusual areas. Have you ever been at a show at a golf course? Not yet, but it's, I'm getting closer to, to making one. Um, the Pat O'Day Celebrity Golf Tournament up there in Friday Harbor, beautiful Friday Harbor Island there, uh, where uh, he's had many celebrities that are – Big names like Edgar Martinez, Randy Johnson, a bunch of uh, news personalities, uh, radio personalities. And, of course, he's had Ivory, the WWE Hall of Famer, lives on Friday Harbor Island also. And uh, so uh, I'm trying to get something going with her up there, too. Uh, There was 29 celebrity golf tournaments pad had before he passed away but his son's still going and uh i'm in the talks with him right now and uh the cool thing about working with pat he uh he was all for having wrestling on the next show and uh he even let me cut a promo on ivory at pat o'day's golf tournament so ivory coming at you baby (laughs) you got this girl because he hit the playoffs though now, we all know that a lot of sports had athletes that would transition to pro wrestling because training was such that it made sense or because uh, the athleticism of a guy made it make sense to transition. I don't know of a lot of pro golfers that made that transition, but... Dale, we'll start with you. Who from the golf world, be it present day or in the past, do you think would have made 
the best pro wrestler? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I think Tiger or Phil would have definitely been two really good wrestlers. You know, if if they would transition, um, or maybe even uh, John Daly. I think John Daly would have been a really good wrestler. I agree, and I believe he's actually a pretty big wrestling fan, if I know correctly. Jimmy, what about you? Who do you think, out of golf, should have made that jump to wrestling? Man, he took my answer. John Daly is probably the best example of a guy who could just step off of a golf course and step into a wrestling ring and just kick wholesale ass. And if you haven't seen a picture of John Daly lately, he has, like, the shortest, like, most compact tactical mullet that money can buy. And he's also got, like, a giant white beard. He looks like redneck Santa Claus. He wears like the craziest golf pants that you can that you can get, and the man like crushes drives off of beer cans. So like you know like John Daly, uh, either that Bubba Watson is another like they could be a tag team probably. It'd be Bubba Watson and John Daly. They could come in on Bubba Watson's hover cart. If you've never seen Bubba Watson has a literal hovercraft that is sponsored by Oakley, and he can just drive across water hazards get back up onto the land and go across the land. He uses it as a golf cart. So I think John Daly, Bubba Watson, hovercraft, crazy pants, mullets, long drives. You've got a wrestling gimmick right there, brother. For sure. Coach, who do you think would make the best pro wrestler out of golf's history? Yeah, I think that I was going to say John Daly also. And then he can have the before and after show parties at Hooters because he's got a lifetime uh, he's got lifetime comps down there. And then of course my favorite golfer Michelle Lee. I think she'd claw Samaya's eyes out, and especially after a few training sessions with me, I'd make her a champion. There we go. Maybe you can manage her to greatness. Definitely. Well, we all know that the skill set is vastly different in the two sports. Uh, You don't have to be necessarily quick and agile in golf. Um, A lot of walking involved, so you do need to be good cardio. You need a lot of strength to be able to drive the ball. So there's that, but skill set-wise, it's vastly different. Do you guys feel that there are some aspects of golf that helps with your pro wrestling and that kind of carries over to that? Dale, we'll start with you. Um, Definitely remaining calm. Um, With golf, you you don't want to let your anger get the best of you. And that's the same going with wrestling. Uh, I I like to pray before my matches for myself and for my opponent. Um, and then, you know, I know my nerves get a little angsty before a match goes on, even before a show starts, but I, I I try to just calm myself down. Uh, just, you know, think, think of the best, think positive and, you know, take it one, one shot at a time, or in this case in wrestling, just take it one move at a time and, you know, make sure we entertain the fans. Um, 
that and you know you just keep keep that momentum keep it going and you know just take it slow Kimmy, what about you Man, it's got to be the mental game for me. You know, in golf, uh, I think he was alluding to it before, you take it shot by shot. You've got to visualize things. You've got to visualize the shot that you want to make, where you want to put it on the either the green or on the fairway in order to make your next shot uh, the best possible. So there's a lot of visualization in golf, and that can definitely carry over to professional wrestling. Um, we, you just visualize, what am I doing next? Where can I go to from here? You know, it, uh, that's always a thing that you you want to be able to do in wrestling. Um, as far else, like you said, it's such a vastly different uh, skill set that you really, I mean, aside from the cardiovascular conditioning, because golfers are insane as far as their cardio goes, and how about those caddies that are actually carrying the bags and keeping step with those guys for the entire 18 holes as well? And a lot of those guys are not young. Um, but as far as it goes, you know, visualization, being able to put things in the correct order, how you want to do it tactically. You know, I want to go from here to here to here to here. Definitely prioritizing things like that, staying calm. Um, that Those are all invaluable tools for a young professional wrestler or anybody in any stage of their career, really, you know. Coach, what do you see transferring between the two? Well, the the focus and the the strategies you can use, and the one thing I don't see that's the same is, you know, in golf they like it quiet, except for when you're yeah. not shooting. <laughs> but, but wrestling, you want as much noise as you can get usually. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. I don't know. I got. I, I got a. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go right ahead. I was going to point out that. Uh, actually, I come out with a quiet sign as a heel. Uh, and obviously, <laughs> that draws draws the heat. And then when I'm a baby face, I actually got someone to make me a, a noise please sign. So, you know, <laughs> using those hand in hand, it, it works out well, getting the crowd engaged into my matches. That's great. Yeah, so you can have them, you can have them on cue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I think I know Dale's answer to this, but I'll go ahead and ask it. I mentioned earlier Horwanberry Darso. You also had Chavo Guerrero Jr. doing a caddy gimmick. Uh, Johnny Polo was kind of a pseudo. <laughs> he, he was a pseudo golf gimmick. Who do you think is the best representation of a golfer that pro wrestling has had so far? Bill, I, I think I know your answer, but go right ahead. <laughs> well, uh, let me uh, blow my head up a little bit. I'll say uh, myself, I've, I've transitioned from a young golfer when I first started out to becoming the, the golf father of professional wrestling, and I'm, I've really made it into my own thing. Uh, I, I did take pieces from uh, Hole in One Darso and Chavo, but then I also took stuff from, you know, Happy Gilmore and uh, Shooter McGavin, and then um, the greatest match ever played, if that's the right movie I'm trying to say. Uh, I took some things from that movie as well, and, you know, I just created this character. And I, I do believe I, I play as 
probably the best that he could be. Kimmy, what would you say? Man, I was thinking of somebody that you hadn't mentioned. Uh, I'm thinking that either Kurt Henning is the best uh, golfer of all time. We have video footage to back it up. Um, or or this guy, Dale Spring. Dale Spring is the best golfer wrestler gimmick in the history of golfer wrestling gimmicks. I'll say it right now. We've actually been Googling him in real time, and uh, I love the uh, outfit, brother, and I hope you do well. This is a, a awesome thing that no one has tapped into, I feel like, and it's so, like, just run with it, man. You've got a fan in me now. Awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate it. Bump safe, man. Coach, what about you? Who do you think is best? Do you think it is Dale Spring? Yes, I was going to say the same thing. Very impressive. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. It's a unanimous decision right there. Okay. Now, on occasion in wrestling, of course, we've seen objects that get used as weapons during the course of a match. I have seen golf clubs. I have seen golf carts. I have seen, <laughs> like, Barry Darshow's, like, golfing cap use. What would you say, from what you've seen or experienced, has been the best golf-based foreign object during the course of a match, Dale? Uh, You said some good ones there, but there's two that come to mind that I haven't even done yet, and I don't think anyone else has. Uh, One being a golf shoe, especially with, you know, the, the spikes on the bottom of them. It could almost be like the tax shoe with the Young Bucks. I, I, yeah. I have not used it yet, and I'm still waiting to do it. Uh, that and then an actual golf tee, replace them for thumbtacks, sharpen them up, and just use those. I think that would be a crazy spot slash bump for whoever would take it. Or spike somebody in the eye with one. Yeah, that too, yeah. Imagine spiking somebody in the forehead with it as they're laid out and then shooting a shot off of that. Like off their belly button? Oh, my God. Yeah, that That would work, too. Someone told me to do that. (laughs) Someone told me to do that at, like, a 60-degree wedge. Someone. And just pluck it off their belly button. (laughs) You could actually get foam balls from in the store and like put it in their belly button and then like hit it into the crowd and give somebody a souvenir just get like a high degree wedge and just like pluck it off their belly button right into the crowd (laughs) oh yeah I think that's a fantastic idea right there yeah like hit a body slam or something incapacitate them (laughs) oh yeah Jimmy, what would you say is the best golf-based weapon so far? I've never seen a golf been actually used in a wrestling match. I think maybe Kerwin White did it, possibly, uh, with Dolph Ziggler as his caddy. Let's not forget Dolph Ziggler was that horrible gimmicks caddy. But um, I would use a golf cleaning brush. So there's uh, a brush that a lot of golfers carry around that clean out the grooves 
of your club that get like dirt or sand or grass inside of it. Uh, you want to keep your grooves clean so that you can get spin on your golf ball. Well, a lot of golfers carry one of those brushes, but they have a lot of times they'll have steel bristles on them. So you could easily get one of those and grate it across your opponent's nose, get it into their eyes, things like that. Uh, I actually have a cleaning brush that's made by Callaway that has a small metal spike on it for cleaning out grooves. And you could easily use that, you know, use your imagination as far as that goes. There's even uh, the golf brushes that have a retractable cord on them that keep them attached to your, uh, your bag. And you could easily, you know, just pull that out, you know, wrap it around your opponent's neck a couple times, you know, and, uh, you know, make them fight for a little air, you know. Very, very good choices. Coach, what about you? I think I'm going to use a golf bag full of clubs, crack somebody over the head with it. (laughs) Full-on golf club bag. I love it. Those get heavy, man. They do. They do. Coach is strong. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. uh, My buddy went to Japan, and they had 24-7 wrestling shows down there in the 80s. He said he was watching Mil Mascaris versus Gypsy Joe. Mil Mascaris picked up a whole row of chairs and threw it at him. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, coach, coach, at this point, do you have questions as well? Put on the co-host cap. Okay. Uh, have, have you guys been on before? No, I've never been on before. This is my first time. Nope, this is my first so time as well. So, Sign, I think you got to first ask him your standard uh, first-time questions. All right. Well, my standard first-time question, uh, they already answered, which is how did you get into the crazy sport? But Coach's favorite standard question of mine, Hill Springs, what's your favorite coffee? <laughs> Favorite coffee? Um, are we talking just like the brand coffee or like something I would get at a coffee shop? Either or. Um, I really don't have a preference to like a coffee brand, um, but I like to get. I, I don't like to drink straight coffee. That's one thing. So I'm, I'm I get the more iced coffee type deals. So it's more of a I'll get like a uh, – at CC's Coffee, we have a, a mocha sippy. So it's just a, a, a chocolate iced coffee, so to say. Um, I get those. And I do I do dabble in like some of the festive drinks that come out uh, every year for the holidays. Like they have, we have like a peppermint bark uh, <laughs> coffee at the, at the CC's around my area. Um and I think I think they had a gingerbread last year, so like stuff like that. I like to try those things. Timmy, what about you, brother? I do not drink coffee. I absolutely hate coffee, but I mainline Mountain Dew. Like it's going out of style, and I should probably stop before I like lose both of my legs and my you know everything. But um, no, I've never I've never drank coffee. I don't like the aftertaste that you get after you're done drinking it. Um, 
and I have been a fiend. I like one of the worst things, uh, one of the worst habits I have is drinking soda. And I've been trying to stop over the course of like 10 years. I think I've stopped three times. I'm like a smoker, man. And I just uh, keep going back to it out of convenience. And uh, so that's my deal. I don't drink coffee. I drink a lot of soda. Back to you. Coach. <laughs> well, you know, I like my uh, instant coffee mixed with a uh, uh, double mocha so mixed with some honey and cinnamon. <laughs> There That's good go. enough for me. All right, so uh, some of the questions I usually like to ask, uh, Timmy, uh, what was your most memorable match? For me? Yes. My most memorable match? Yeah, and then a lot of times people have more than one. Uh, I think about that for a hot second, brother. Um I, you know, I, man, what? I had uh, a chain match with Cannonball Burt Ringo a few years ago. That was the, uh, it wasn't the first chain match in Alaska history, but it's definitely been the most brutal. Um, we have people talking about that to this day. I've never been able to forget about that. It was a ton of fun. Um, I also just recently participated in a, uh, a four-way tag team ladder match for WrestlePro Alaska that crowned their inaugural tag team champions. Uh, it was me and my tag team partner, Jerry Bishop, also known as Arctic Thunder. We were facing off against the Hawks Airy, which is Luke Hawks and his son, um, the amazing Graysons from the East Coast, and uh, Cheeseburger and LSG, who ended up winning the whole thing. Uh, but we got to wrestle on that. That just uh, came to mind as being particularly memorable. I was in there with some pretty good veterans and learned a whole lot that night. So that's that'll be my answer for now. Oh, nice. There's some big names there. And then, yes, Dale, sir. what about you? Your, mo- your most memorable match for Dale? Ooh. Um, just like you said, I got I to gotta think about that. Um, so I like to write down all my matches uh, since I debuted, you know, because you never know if you're going to just forget all that. So I've, I've, I've always recorded all my matches. I will say honorable mention will go to Sean Kemp. He was actually my very first match. Uh, he came down to Louisiana. Um, I had my debut on May 19th in 2018, and he came down, and uh, very nice guy. He And he knew I was nervous. Uh, that day was just super, I was super stressed out, anxious, and he, he's like, brother, hey, we got this. Calm down. Let's do this. And I'll say that was one of my, my favorite matches. Even though it was my first, like, I'll say that was one of my favorite matches. Um, uh, I've been – I did a tryout in front of uh, WWE in New Orleans before, and uh, it was with my buddy Braxton Hunter. Uh, we had, a, all, like, a lot of the guys were sitting around the ring. Uh, and, again, we're all – we're all nervous because, you know, it's big old, big WWE guys sitting around nonchalantly watching us wrestle. And I'll never forget, um, AJ came up to us right after, and he, he said, he's like, y'all need to make sure, uh, always, always, always sell. Even if you're, uh, you know, just sitting there 
like just after getting snap married, like you like you need you gotta sell something, sell your neck, sell your your face, anything. You know, they they're always watching. Uh so I appreciate that advice that I got from that night and just being able to be, you know, backstage for stuff like that. And then one more I would say, um I got to get in the ring with Cabana Man Dan, if any of y'all have heard of him. Um Nice. Yeah, that that happened this year. And I'll say honestly, man, it that match honestly made me love wrestling again. I was, you know, because of COVID and and just you know life life was kicking my butt. I was I was kind of close to just you know the ideal of just giving giving it up. Um, but I finally got that match with him, and he's one of he's one of uh, New South. It's a promotion in Alabama. Uh, he's one of their like top guys and a side guy to the promoter. And so he gave me both of his top guys the first night and second night. And the first night was Cabana Man Dan, and I, I, I was begging for that match. And, that man, he was awesome. It was great to see him again. Um, and I learned a lot that night. And he really sparked my, my drive to continue going. So I thank him a lot for that night. Nice. That's impressive. Okay, and then I got a couple more sta- standard questions that usually have more than one answer, so that's fine. What about uh, Timmy, your uh, toughest opponent? My toughest opponent. My toughest opponent has been Brody Adams because I have wrestled him throughout my career, and I have never pinned Brody Adams one on one. I've only been able to beat him in either a tag team scenario or a handicap scenario, but I've wrestled him throughout my entire seven-year career. I think I had my third match against Brody was the first time I wrestled him, and I've wrestled him all the way up to, like, last year, and I have never pinned or submitted Brody Adams in my entire career. So that's the guy that I'm going to pick as far as my toughest opponent goes. Yeah, he's a big, rugged guy. Yeah, he's also sitting right next to me, so that helps with the uh, (laughs) intimidation factor. He got got four He's looming. All right. Yeah, I got the pleasure of meeting him in Bremerton, Washington, when he came down there. I think he, we even got him in the NGW green room. Nice. Say hi, Brody. What up? Hey, brother. All right, Dale, what about you, your toughest opponent? My toughest opponent. Dang. Um, if, if any of y'all have heard of Big Ugly, Gabe, uh, Jimenez, I think I'm saying his last name right. He's from California. Um, big ugly. He's 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 been wrestling for a very long time. Uh, and I went up to Oregon for DOA Pro uh, for the very first time last year. And uh, he, they gave me him. And I I I, I should y'all not. I thought we were gonna have a shoot. Because I think he was taking me serious online, and uh, so even my trainer thought that this guy was like gonna end up shooting on me. But I meet him in person. Nicest guy, nicest guy you'll ever meet. But in that ring, man, that man can hit and chop mofo you'll ever meet. Like 
I, I, I still have a picture of my, my chest. Just, his whole handprint was there. And um, I give him I give him all the credit for um, basically kicking the, the crap out of me. But very fun match, and I appreciate him. Just yeah, not to mention he's 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 built like a tank. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah, that's my man. <laughs> oh my god, my man. that man looks like I even made a joke to him. That's that's what happened I, online. I, I made a joke that he looked like Taz, but. Honestly, he kind of did. He's almost almost he like he built. I think he's probably a little bit taller. All right, and then Timmy, your most hated opponent in the ring. Most hated opponent in the ring. Who do I hate? Who do I like? Who do I hate working against? Or who like who do I no, have, like, who do I hate in like a wrestling sense? In a wrestling sense, of course. Oh my goodness, who's Man, I've had I've wrestled this guy. You've probably heard of him. His name's Shannon Ballard of the world famous Ballard Brothers, and I've I've okay. worked that guy four different times. Three of them in tag team action. I actually just worked Shannon this last summer at the Alaska State Fair in front of a couple thousand people, and uh, I came out on top that time. But, man, he never has anything great to say about Alaska. He's always running us down, and uh, he's always turning tail and running back to Canada after I'm done beating his butt. But he's a tough guy. He's a legend, and uh, I learn a lot from him every time I'm in the ring with him. Shout out to Shannon Ballard. All right, nice. And I can say firsthand I love Alaska. I, I worked up there, started out as a processor, then I went to Fisherman. And I was able to go to 50 different cities up there, and I really Where liked at? it. I worked up there. I worked up there at uh, All Alaskan Seafoods, Aleutian Pride Seafoods, and then I also worked in a shore-based plant at Chignik Pride. Okay. So, yeah, I really loved it, and I worked there for like five years until I got got married and had a son, and then uh, my career was uh, over up there. But I really loved it. And then I, I've been in a shipwreck. Uh, all Alaskan Seafoods, oh, wow. 350 foot ship got grounded on St. Paul Island, Alaska, 800 miles from Russia. We had to yep. wait two days for the two days for the storm to die down to to abandon ship. And then, of course, I went up there in style because I've already worked up there for a few years, and I I brought like five thousand dollars worth of stuff because I'm like, man, I'm going to be up here for four months. The the ship crashes. You can't take nothing but a, like a gym bag, and I lost oh, all my stuff. And it seemed oh, like a man. scam. It seemed like a scam because uh, we have man, eighteen uh, twelve hour shifts, eighteen and twelve Ooh. hours uh, every other day. Um, the first year we only worked like fifty five days in a row. The second year we worked ninety days in a row till the ship crashed, and then there was like eighteen ships. Uh, waiting in line to offload on our on our ship, and then uh, uh, so we wouldn't have had any time off, and uh, uh, somehow it was like a scam that they said the captain was asleep, and the first the, the deckhand who was on wheel watch fell asleep also while he was on wheel watch, and so they didn't decided not to move to the other side of the island. 
And then, of course, 100-mile-an-hour winds parked that ship on the on the shore. And then mm-hmm. they were like, oh, don't worry, don't worry about all your stuff. We got insurance. We'll get you your stuff back. They didn't either. And there was a million dollars with the crab in the uh, in the freezer. That was quite the experience. So if anyone's near uh, Prince Edward Island, there's about a million and uh, five thousand dollars worth of stuff on a boat, if you can get to it. <laughs> exactly. All right, Dale. What about you? Your uh, most hated opponent. I didn't hear what. How do you explain that uh, earlier? But can you explain again what you mean? Your most hated question? opponent in in the ring as a, as a work, of course. Because yeah, I would imagine more like rival or something. Yeah, if they oh. were your most hated opponent as a shoot, that'd be a little different. <laughs> yeah, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really have any of those. Uh, not not a shoot work. Um, I got two. Uh, my most recent one was Isaiah Zane, also from Louisiana. Uh, that kid, he came to elevate uh, at some point last year, and him and, and his his friends, they're uh, they're twin brothers called the Russell twins. Man, the, all three could work. Um, like I'm telling you, like and they 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 were like new. They were brand new. And crazy. Um, and. and Eventually, I was our mid-card champion, and I, I asked personally to my trainer, uh, I was like, hey, give me Isaiah Zane. I want to make him a, you know, a bigger star, because he was kind of, he was kind of like, just there in our company, and I was like, hey, I mean, I've been here since day one. I want to help this guy out, and so we did. We had a series of three matches, technically four now. Uh, the fourth one was at a different company in Louisiana, but uh, that third one was in July, um, and that one he was supposed to uh, he was supposed to lose, and I I made the switch, and I told my my uh, my trainer again. I said, hey, I want to do a double switch, and then let him win the title, and do not tell him about it, and. My trainer was on board with it. I, I've already, I've been a heel in, in Louisiana like since I debuted, and so fans started like they they've been constantly cheering for me, and it's it you know obviously it's hard to hard to get them to, to boo you when they're they're not gonna want to boo you. They cheer me, so I made <laughs> that call. Yeah, it, it it gets ridiculous. So I made the call. I said, hey. Let's just do the switch. So he kept thinking he's losing, and we even like, like set the match to where I was gonna win. Uh, I think by counting up. Uh, so he hits his his big move, and he goes to pin me. And the the whole spot was that I was gonna be close to the ropes. Uh, it looks like he's about to win. I put my foot on the rope, so then I can get out. Uh, he goes to pin me. I held him down. I said, "Congratulations, brother." He's like, what? <laughs> Gets the three, and he's like shot. Like in video, it's the perfect face. Like he did not know what was going on. And so then I told the ref, do not give him the belt. Uh, we were going to do this spot with my caddy where he tries to take the belt and tell me, 
like, like, hey, let's go. Like, we're, he's not going to take this belt from you. And then so I technically kind of, like, told my, my caddy to screw off, took the belt from him, went back in the ring. Me and my me and Zane had a, a moment, and I, I handed him the belt. I shook his hand, and then I told him right there, I said, uh, celebrate for the belt with the belt for a second. And when I turn around, deck me with the belt. Now, this kid, like I said, is green. I don't think he heard that part. So all he heard was <laughs> hit me. So after he, he was celebrating with the belt, like, I'm turning around. I'm waiting. This, this dude took forever. So then I finally turned back around, and he says, hey, Dale. And then he flipped me off and then hit me with the belt. And then he, he had his turn. Uh, so him, I give him I give him a lot of props for a kid who, who was just starting basically since last year. And he, he's getting his name out there. And he's a really good worker. And I hope to see him more on different shows and around the, the country and even out of the country. Uh, so him, and then I would say Braxton Hunter, another guy from Louisiana. We we started up almost at the same time um, with the same company, and we've had a handful of matches together, and I think each time it was just better and better, um, and I, I, I appreciate him a lot because we, we, we did a lot of drives together, a lot of, a lot of stories together, and I uh, I can't give another person more props than him uh, for basically helping me out in my career. Nice. Okay, and uh, one last question for each of you for me. Uh, Timmy, what would what advice would you give somebody trying to get in the business? Man, research your schools. Make sure that your trainer is reputable as best as you can. I mean, there's, it's kind of hard to do that unless you're kind of in the business already so you can talk to people. But uh, just do your homework. Um, make sure that you're getting somewhere reputable. Uh, train hard. Man, listen. Just listen. Listen to the veterans. Listen to the people. Watch how people conduct themselves. Uh, I was just at a Barry Horowitz seminar earlier this year. The first thing that he said out of his mouth was, watch who you talk to. Watch who you talk to. You know, watch your mouth in general. A lot of people will go off half-cocked thinking that it's not going to get around, and it's going to get around. So the young kids, you know, watch your mouth. Um, come correct. Uh, do your job. Don't talk back to the veterans. Listen, uh, and you're going to get real far just on that. Do your work. Work on your craft. Don't worry so much about your gimmick until you have the basics down. Um, you know, oftentimes your promoter or your trainer will probably put a gimmick on you to start off with anyway. So don't start thinking about finishing moves. Don't start thinking about high spots. Work on your basics. Get good at those. Uh, your move set will come. Uh, your, your gimmick will come. Practice talking in the mirror just to give yourself an idea of what you look like and sound like when you're authoritative and you're talking like you like you want to be heard. A lot of people will get on a microphone for the first time in front of a and they've never talked like they want to cut a promo before. And those people get scared of their own voice. They speak into the microphone. It makes a lot of noise. And sometimes you see it, they'll recoil back from just the noise of their own voice. So 
start talking in the mirror, you know, raise your voice, yell in the mirror, point at it like it's somebody that you're trying to talk trash to. Get used to cutting a promo before you cut a promo in front of people. You know, get used to hearing what you sound like when you're angry or you're worked up or you're excited or you're happy. You know, get used to what your facial features look like and and you'll be better. You'll be better for just doing those things. And I hope that works for somebody out there. Nice. That's some really good advice. And what about you, Dale? A lot of what he just said is spot on. Definitely, man. Um, biggest thing I could say out of all that, let the egos out the door as soon as you step in the ring for the first time, especially training. You know, but no egos. It, if, if we want wrestling to work out, like all these other professional sports are, you got to let the egos out, like, like leave them behind. Um, and especially if you're young, like if you haven't even had a match yet and you're having an ego and you think you know everything, you really don't. And I can semi attest to this. I, I, when I started, I, I felt like I should be, I should have been at a different level because I felt like I was already getting things down. I needed to slow down. That's all. Like, you need to slow down, and your time will come. And like you said, man, it's, it's find that reputable uh, school. Don't just go to someone that says they are a trainer or has years of experience. Like, actually find a good school. Um, and yep. you know what? Ask, ask for uh, advice on shows that you're on. They say never to take pictures or, like, uh, bug, like, the Hall of Famers or the, the, the vets in the, in the locker room. They want you to. Whether their, their body posture shows it or not, they really want you to. So pick their brain. Because um, you can get a lot of advice from them whether you think you will or not. Um, and yeah. definitely – Definitely, if you're going to travel as well, uh, when you're first starting out, make a car load. Don't put all that stress on you about money uh, on yourself. Like, make a car load. Get get some good guys that you know that, that know the basics or even have a lot of experience. Get them in a car with you. Y'all go to wherever you're going and, you know, save save money, save gas on yourself, so then you're not going to end up going broke trying to chase a dream that you have. Nice. Okay, so uh, we're running down on time here. I want to make sure you guys get a chance to plug everything you have, and uh, Sign will ask you about that. But before I um, get off the the show, I'd like to at least let people know they can reach me at Coach Mike Jones at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And also don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room. I want to thank you guys for both coming on and all that you guys do, and I wish you continued success. Thank you. Thank you very much, brother. All right. Thank you, Coach. Well, Dell, whatever you want to say, plug or promote, go right ahead. Well, once again, I must sign off as the golf father of professional wrestling and the man on the par. But above you all, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram with the same name as Dale Springs Pro. You can follow me on Facebook. At, just search my name, 
And you can find my YouTube channel on YouTube as well as Dale Springs. And I appreciate y'all for having me on this. This was awesome. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Our Welcome. pleasure. Best of luck to you. Kimmy Hulke, what about you? Hey, guys. This is the best in the Valley, Matt Nuskamade, Palmer, Alaska's favorite son, Timmy Hulke. You can find me on Facebook. The name's kind of weird. It's Ebenezer Mags. You can find me on YouTube under NSA Wrestling, under 49th State Wrestling, under 907 Wrestling, Wrestle Pro Alaska. Check out all of those guys on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, check out 907 Pro Wrestling Academy. If you're in Alaska or the surrounding area and you're looking for a reputable place to train, we were just talking about good trainers. Uh, those guys, JT West, that's who trained me. Uh, I have nothing but good things to say about the school. They're wonderful. They'll take care of you. They're not just going to bump you until you quit. Uh, go and check them out. And above all else, support local independent wrestling. Thank you guys so much for having me. Absolutely. You're welcome. If I wore a Brody Adams t-shirt, would that intimidate you? Probably not, no. Okay, so I'm safe if I wear it. Okay, I just needed to know that for next time. If you, like, put on a Brody Adams t-shirt and, like, became six foot four and, like, 300 and something pounds, I'd be really scared, though. That'd be a cool uh, thing, huh? If you, like, put on a wrestler's t-shirt and you became, like, the embodiment of that guy for a little while. You're like the I mean, ultimate I mark. A, I could throw a lariat. That's about the best I could do in the shirt. You could do like a wrestling Ben 10. Like think about like the show Ben 10 where he's got like a bunch of different superpowers <laughs> that he could do, right? And so like this guy's got like a closet full of like gimmick t-shirts and he's like, this calls for, you know, like Brock Lesnar. And he like pulls out the Brock Lesnar t-shirt and puts it on and gets like instantly jacked and then like goes and wrestles the match or whatever. Um, I would watch that. I'd, I'd definitely watch it. Oh, yeah. It's been a pleasure having you guys with us. Thank you so much. Best of luck at the golf course and at the ring. Stay safe. Everybody, we will be back with you next week. 